Wellness Force Radio, Episode 40. Emotional resiliency is that ability to bounce back. And the only way you can increase how quickly you bounce back is by enhancing your emotional intelligence. And that really, that deep, clear understanding of mastering thyself. You know, your triggers, your thoughts, your your habits, like why you do the things you do and what gets you upset and where those beliefs came from. And if they're limiting you, challenging them. Wellness Force Radio Welcome back for another episode. I am your host and digital health coach, Josh Trent. I'm also your friend on this wellness journey. And I want to pause for just a second and thank you so much for spending this little slice of your busy day here with me on the podcast. If it's your first time here, this show is where I bring you the most inspiring and passionate experts in behavior change and wellness technology. These are the thought leaders. They dedicate their lives to empowering us with the knowledge and tools that drive real transformation in our physical and emotional wellness. Check out this five-star review that was left by one of our listeners from the very beginning, a huge supporter of the show, Ed Florak. Ed writes, this is a long overdue review. I've been listening to the podcast for several months, and I just want to say I'm amazed at how awesome this podcast really is. I can tell a lot of work goes into the program and it shows. The podcast is for everyone who is into wellness anywhere you are in the process. I myself have just started to focus on wellness and this is a perfect place for me to start. Ed, thank you so much for your five-star review. If anyone out there resonated with that message, if you've been listening to the show for some time, or if you're new and this show coming up today with Bonnie resonates, do me a huge favor and support Wellness Force Radio. We'll keep the lights on for the show and reach even more than the hundreds of thousands of people we've already reached over at wellnessforce.com slash review. Hop on over, just leave a 60-second five-star review, and it'll help the show so much. Now, let's talk about the exciting guest that we have on the show today for you in this fourth week of January, and that is Bonnie Kelly. Bonnie Kelly is a coach, a trainer, a speaker. She is an emotional resilience training and personal development specialist. She founded Bonnie Kelly and Associates, a personal development academy that helps people get out of their own way and on with their lives. I think you're going to really love Bonnie. We talked a lot about her certifying coaching through the IFC, the International Coach Federation, why that's so special, what that actually means to the type of clients she works with. She'll go over a thought, feeling, and action template to how to actually identify the things in the subconscious mind that are stopping us from living the life we deserve. Also, some practical action about growing emotional intelligence and how we can integrate this into our lives. So without further ado, let's bring on Bonnie Kelly. Bonnie Kelly is a coach, trainer, speaker, and author who specializes in personal group and corporate coaching in personal development and emotional resilience training. As the founder of Bonnie Kelly and Associates, a personal development academy that helps people get out of their way and on with their lives, Bonnie has spent the last 10 years traveling all over the country, helping thousands of others in that personal and group setting with experiences gaining a reputation as a core energy coach who helps people get to the root of their blocks locked deep in the subconscious mind for permanent removal. But as we'll talk about today on the show, Bonnie's road to becoming one of the most sought after coaches in emotional intelligence was not straight and narrow. Turned to the streets at just 14 years old, desperate for need of acceptance, she was introduced to drugs and drinking. And it was during this chapter of her life that she was in and out of jail, probation, court-appointed rehabs, 
on a fast track to nowhere. But today's show, we're going to discover how Bonnie transformed her life to now transform others and get clear to take action in getting out of your own way to create the life you deserve. Bonnie, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Josh. I'm glad to be here. I met you in person at Sean Croxton's mastermind event, and you struck me as someone that had presence. And we're going to talk about emotional presence today. I am so excited to talk about this because I've, in the past 12 months, been focusing more and more on what it means in our wellness to have it on the emotional side as well as the physical side. But before we discuss this on the show, I'm curious if you're willing to share something fun that people might not know about you. Let's see. Oh, yeah. I think one of the things that people wouldn't know is that I am a grade A dork. Uh, what I mean by that is like Star Trek, Star Wars. I mean, I absolutely love that Star Wars is coming out next week. And, you know, or and I can't wait. To, you know, we already have our premiere tickets. So that's something most people <laughs> wouldn't know about Are you me. dark side or are you the other side with Han Solo? Oh, man. Well, that's another tough one because in the last Star Wars, you know, uh, uh, Darth Vader turned to the good side, you know, so it's hard to not love the dark side coming light. But of course, I'm a Jedi. <laughs> that is so cool. Well, hey, just to let you know, dorks run the world. So you're well on your way. Amen. Um, well, we know <laughs> that you are a master certified coach. Let's talk about this just so we can create a context for you. This certification, it's only handed out to very, very unique vetted experts in the coaching arena, people that have 2,500 hours of coaching, 200 hours of coach specific training. What is this master coach certification through the International Coach Federation I saw on your site? You know, it's our only governing agent in the coaching realm, you know, so it's it's when anyone can get their license and say, hey, I'm a life coach and, and there's not really any um, certification to, you know, say, okay, well, what, what qualifies you as that? Um, you know, this ICF is the International Coaching Federation is, you know, that governing agent that says, okay, let's vet you and make sure that you are complying with core competencies, that you are really doing right by the client. And so you have to have 2,500 hours of paid experience, you know, to really be able to qualify for that, that certification. Well, Bonnie, let's talk about what you actually do. I mean, what is emotional aspect of the coaching? What is your service to the community? in the wellness world. We have a huge array of different flavors is what I call it. You know, whether it's in person, we have women's retreats and workshops and we have live events and online events, but uh, it all surrounds and everything boils down to getting your mind right. You know, and I love what you said in the intro, you know, that combination of that mental wellness with the emotional wellness and your mind affects everything. Most of the beliefs that we have are installed in our subconscious mind. So they're not as easily accessible. They're not things that we're even aware of. And if we have a virus of the mind, it will literally wreak havoc in every one of your conscious decisions, uh, in all of your goals, and it's really infecting all of your habits. And so I help people dig into that subconscious, enhance their mindfulness training, and really truly help them break free of all these toxic limitations. And I see a lot of verbiage in your site around emotional intelligence and emotional resilience. You even do workshops for these. But I'm curious, what is the contrast? What is the difference between emotional intelligence and emotional resilience. Is there a clear line between the two? You know, uh, emotional intelligence is really a buzzy word right now. And so it's something that people can understand, they're drawn to, you know, but emotional resiliency is that ability 
ability to bounce back. And the only way you can increase how quickly you bounce back is by enhancing your emotional intelligence. And that really, that deep, clear understanding of mastering thyself, you know, your triggers, your thoughts, your, your habits, like why you do the things you do and what gets you upset and where those beliefs came from. And if they're limiting you, challenging them. And so when you're able to do all that, your emotional resiliency, like your ability to overcome adversity, emotional adversity is something that happens a lot faster. So you don't, you know, get knocked on your feet, you know, when trauma happens or something happens for years or, or, or even months, it maybe takes you weeks or just hours. Wow. And you are no stranger to overcoming adversity. And I think this is a perfect opportunity to give the audience a context for your journey and the things that you've overcome. You've been through some emotional hurdles yourself, and it really kind of circled back to when you were 14. I'd love for you to paint that picture of what life was like for you at 14. Yeah. Well, oh man. So at that at that age, I had already, um, our father had abandoned us when we were five years old. And growing up, we would always ask why, you know, did daddy leave? And we weren't allowed to refer to him as that daddy. We actually had to refer to him as Mr. Nobody. And so we'd say, you know, why did this Mr. Nobody leave us? And we were always told it's because he doesn't love you anymore. Well, unknowns to us, you know, it was really just mom and dad got through a bad divorce, you know, and that they just wanted to just pretend that my dad didn't exist because she was angry with him. Well, my, you know, my family didn't realize the emotional impact that that would have. So, you know, that was weighing heavy on my heart. And then, you know, when I was about eight years old, I started becoming sexually molested by a family member. And, you know, so that combination of those two things together, by the time I turned 14, I really started rebelling. Uh, I was really in this, you know, dark place. Uh, now the sexual scandal got exposed. Um, my family really asked that uh, they didn't want to break up the family. They didn't want this person to go to jail. And so they asked me to, you know, sign something with an attorney that said I made it all up. And as a result, that really kind of put me in this place where that nobody's protecting me, especially since the sexual abuse never stopped after that. And so I ended up turning to the streets, turning to the first person that would give me attention, the first person that would give me affection. And, you know, he happened to be a drug dealer. And that kind of put me into this really dark place because I was able to find that I could numb out, you know, to all of this emotional pain and this trauma that I was, you know, I was feeling. It just escalated from there. And so by about that time, I was really operating on this belief system that I knew through and through Josh, like to my core that I was worthless, that I was worthless, that I was unlovable, that I was not good enough. And so when you're operating on that belief system, you don't care about mm. your behavior. You don't care about your environment. You don't care about anything. And so you're just walking this path of destruction. Mm. And then after graduating high school, you still had those stories. You still had that, that self-limiting block in your mind. Uh, you mentioned on your side, it was the darkest hour. Your walls caved in, people turned against you. Um, and then you found yourself at 21. And, and at 21, you mentioned that you actually attracted, this is interesting, you attracted a mentally abusive relationship while you were struggling with self-worth and depression and things like that. The concept of law of attraction, Bonnie, is not new to the Wellness Force audience. But in this case, when we talk about attracting what we don't want, how does that happen? 
in that particular instance, like that is where I am attracting who I believe that I deserve, right? Like I am attracting what's familiar to me. So even though, so at 21, my environment dramatically changed and there was this really pivotal moment, this catalyst, you know, uh, and my real father for the first time came in and, and, and was, became my savior. And it's just a remarkable incident that to me is just, it, it was fate. So, you know, I'm trying to transform my life and I get into this new relationship and I still don't believe that I am smart enough, that I am good enough, that I'm worthy enough. And because I don't believe that about myself, I'm going to attract someone or feel comfortable dating someone who is going to want to control me, want to belittle me or is, you know, not stable themselves because that's familiar to me. I'm not in a mental space where I am worthy or smart enough to be with someone who is worthy and feels that they're worthy and smart enough. We would have a conflict of belief system. And so when I say you're attracting, you really are just attracting, you know, familiarity to yourself. In your life, have you had certain instances that have come up where you've realized, hey, when I start taking these three steps or when I start implementing practical action on growing my emotional intelligence, what are those beginning practical action steps look like for someone who's just beginning the journey of emotional intelligence, psychological strength? That is a great question. And actually, um, we have a fun three-step process. And, you know, it really is thought, feeling, action, thought, feeling, action. And we call it TFA. And, um, you know, the first step really is you have to get your conscious mind out of the way so you can begin to explore the subconscious mind. So your subconscious, you know, it really controls 80% of all your conscious thoughts, all of your actions, all the things that you do on a regular basis. But it's not as easily accessible. This is, you know, subconscious mind takes a lot of work. And the only way to get there is through our consciousness, but our consciousness is flooded with so much thought and a lot of processing. You know, we have between 60 to 70,000 thoughts flooding your mind a day, you know, so we have to really begin to practice mindfulness in that area to be able to get uh, a lot of the clutter, kind of get control of the conscious so we can start exploring the subconscious. And what we do for that is we say, you know, there's like the law of causality, right? You know, um, I think Gandhi says it best when he says, you know, that your beliefs become uh, your thoughts, your thoughts become your words, your words become uh, your habits and your habits or your become your values. And I kind of butchered it, but, you know, basically he's saying that your beliefs, that's your subconscious mind, what you believe about yourself is going to affect or influence all of your conscious thoughts, which ultimately are going to drive your behaviors and your actions. So what we say is begin a TFA journal, right? Just get a little notebook that you can carry around in your purse or in your back pocket. And you start to monitor, what am I thinking? Because what you're thinking is going to generate a feeling. And then that feeling is going to begin to drive an action or a reaction. So if you can't catch the thought, begin with trying to identify the feeling, then trace it back to the thought. And if you can't get it there, try to identify the action or behavior that isn't serving you and then say, what was I feeling to cause me to behave this way? Now, what was I thinking to cause me to feel this way? And with enough practice, you become intimately aware of your thought processes, which are leaving you breadcrumbs or clues into what's going on into the subconscious mind. I love this, this TFA, thinking, feeling, action. The first part of it, the thinking part. How do we shape that though? Because I, I get the mechanism. I think it's a beautiful way. It's a beautiful construct for change. But that thinking piece in the beginning, how do we actually adjust our thinking? Because what we feel is what we feel. I mean, whether it's a negative emotion, sadness, excitement, whatever it is, an action that we take, I get that. But the thinking part, Bonnie, yes. difficult question, I know. But how do we actually change that thinking piece in the TFA? 
you know, that's where we have to use our, our uh, conscious and our intention, right? You know, being very intentional about the thinking, you know, but I often say that affirmations alone, you know, just changing your thoughts isn't going to go anywhere if you don't identify the belief. So it really has to try back to like, what is causing me to think this way in the first place? And once you identify the belief, now the belief again is that's like the program in the subconscious mind that is, um, is, is causing that thought to be present in the first place. Now, once you can identify that, whether it is, you know, and I gave some examples of some that I used to operate on that I'm not good enough. Uh, I'm not smart enough or I'm stupid. Uh, I'm worthless. I'm unlovable. Now these would be, you know, very destructive programs in the subconscious. So those would be creating all these conscious thoughts like, oh, you can't do this or nobody wants you. So when you have those thoughts, they're kind of like clues. I say, you know, that they're like uh, your check engine light in your car is flashing. It's like, hey, warning, something's off, warning. And so to really be able able to effectively change, you have to get to the root. You have to get into that subconscious, identify the belief. And then what I say is you have to switch roles. And, and, you know, you spend a lifetime gathering and collecting all of this evidence to prove why that is true, right? I mean, you are an awesome prosecuting attorney is what I say. And you've just gathered this huge amount of evidence. And never once have you beca- you walked into a courtroom and said, hey, I, I want to be a defense attorney. So you have to switch roles and start saying, okay, you know, how can I... Um, yeah, how is this evidence unfair or how is this evidence untrue? And you begin to poke holes in the evidence because a good defense attorney who walks into a case like that isn't going to have to disprove the evidence. He just needs to create enough reasonable doubt. And with a reason, enough reasonable doubt, the belief can no longer convict itself as truth. And so what I say is you have to use that TFA process to use that as a tracking device to give you the indicated indication of what's going on in the subconscious, then get into the subconscious and start poking, find all the evidence of why that belief is so true to you and then start poking holes and why that's not fair to believe or why that might've been an assumption or what part of the story don't you know? So with 70,000 thoughts, you had said our conscious mind is 20%, our subconscious is 80. It seems like these beliefs are a pretty huge deal. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like that's the number one thing to attack when we're looking at a weight loss program, a personal development program, a relationship with ourselves, with a partner, whatever it might be. I mean, this subconscious mind belief system, this construct in there, how do we actually go about strengthening that literally? The first day we do it, like we wake up in the morning, do you have a certain uh, mantra or do you have a certain process that that makes your day more beneficial to having that subconscious mind be healthy, be happy? Yeah. So that is going to come after the exploration. So, you know, again, as I mentioned, like that subconscious is not as easily accessible. Now, once you identify the belief, right? And you, you know, you really kind of poked holes in the evidence. That's when that daily ritual becomes, you know, essential, Um, you know, but up until that point, I mean, it takes just a lot of exploration and there's no, you know, substitute for the work that has to be done to identify it and to deprogram it to then be able to um, insert a new belief system. Uh, But then once you do that, then those morning rituals, you know, I love mirror work, for example, uh, where I'll just stand and I make an eye to eye contact with myself. And this is where you're engaged for 15 seconds because there's an emotional connection that happens when you engage 
engage with yourself uh, or anyone with eye to eye. And, you know, so when you, when you practice this now, I say word of warning, uh, you want to practice eye to eye contact, not eye to eye combat. And most of the time when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we want, we go to war and we're just like, Oh, you're fat. You're ugly. You're stupid. Look at those wrinkles. Oh, your hair. And so I say, don't go to combat. You want to go to contact where you just engaging. And then I will start affirming that who you are is good enough, that you are perfectly imperfect human. Uh, and loved and accepted by all those around you. And so every morning, I mean, I still practice this today where I'll engage with myself for no more than a minute. I typically do it while I'm brushing my teeth and I'm really making this, you know, very intimate connection with myself and speaking to my soul. Mm. And do you think this is powerful for people that may have body image issues or beliefs about themselves where they think that they're ugly or fat? How about taking it a step further for someone that might be ready, maybe standing naked in front of the mirror and having a conversation with yourself naked? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I say that you want to build some trust first. <laughs> and the first time I've done something like that, I literally cried and it was hard because I was just, that combat was so present, you know, like that I was at war with myself. And I mean, there was so much hatred and, you know, I had that very skewed perception of myself, you know, um, and I just really was struggling with this identity. And so it did take a while for um, me to feel comfortable. And now, you know, yeah, I've learned to love myself naked regardless. Well, let's talk about trust. I mean, trust is my core lesson in life. Um, one of the things that I shared uh, when I was speaking at the event was that my belief when I was a child is that people can't be trusted because of my mom's illness. And the, the audience knows somewhat of my story. But how do we do this, Bonnie? How do we learn to trust people when we've been hurt in the past? Ah, This is what I will often say, that you can't punish others for someone else's mistakes. And that's how, that's my mantra that I will give myself is that when I go into a new relationship, right, and I've came out of an old one and I have all this emotional baggage, you know, where, you know, this person betrayed me, they hurt me, they abused me. Uh, and now, you know, I've learned from it and I've, I've chosen to, you know, really grow from it. I'm engaging in a new relationship. You know, all that baggage wants to come into this new one. And, you know, there's a part of you that wants to keep your heart clean closed, that doesn't want to, you know, trust, that's unwilling to be vulnerable. And so that mantra that I often will tell myself, because I will feel my heart close off or I'll feel myself being guarded. And I have to constantly remind myself, even with my husband now, that um, he didn't do those things to you. You know, like it's not fair to punish him for what these others have done. And I love that you had said earlier too, there is no substitute for doing the work. It's a brick by brick, day by day, rep by rep atmosphere. We had a guest on the show, Juliana Ray. She's a mindfulness trainer. And we talked about this, Bonnie, where doing a bicep curl strengthens your arm muscles, being present in the moment and filtering through this, this TFA construct that you mentioned, that's doing a repetition as well. So the mental strength that we gain by doing the repetition of thinking and feeling and action, and especially for men, giving ourselves the permission to actually feel something and express our emotions, that's a big one. I'm, I'm curious if in your work, you see more men or more women that are dealing with allowing themselves to feel. You know, women are always um, most attracted or they're most present, you know, but in the last year, we've had a huge influx of um, men coming through our doors. And, you know, actually right now we have more men in our coaching program than we have women, which is the first time that we've ever experienced that in the five years we've been in business. Now, do you feel like that's a shift in our culture, in our society, that men are now stepping into this role? I'm hoping, you know, I, my perception, you know, is that, uh, yeah, I, I think that there is more, um, you know, information. There is this more 
kindness or this beliefness uh, that is out there that says that it's okay, you know, and it's actually important. And I think that, you know, our society is, is really saying, all right, it's time for you to get in touch with yourself. And it's time for you to really be able to see these things as well, you know, because there's been so much, you know, um, uh, opportunity for women in that emotional field. Uh, and we've actually, you know, I think been stereotyped for some of it as well. And so now it's really just balancing out, I think, on both sides where, you know, women are really taking responsibility, but I, I really truly feel that men are always, you know, as well taking responsibility. So I do think it is more of a culture shift. I think it's becoming more socially acceptable. You see it a lot in the younger generations, you know, where, I mean, I had a conversation with an 18 year old, you know, young man the other day and I'm like, how do you know this stuff? I mean, it just blew my mind, you know, how self-aware he was at 18. And I'm like, it took me forever to get that. <laughs> Yeah, self-awareness is the key, not only in personal development, but in weight loss. You struggled a bit of your life with somewhat of a food addiction, right? Oh, man. So that was actually probably the hardest battle. When people ask me, you know, Bonnie, what was your biggest challenge? I said, honestly, learning to love myself. And, you know, when I had, uh, I was bulimic for uh, about five years. And, you know, that came up as a result because I had, uh, was so used to using substance abuse, like, you know, drugs, drinking, uh, you know, to suppress my emotions. And now when I, I, I eliminated that, you know, all these emotions that I had been ignoring for a decade are like flooding up and it was so overwhelming. Uh, and, you know, it, it was all this self, I, uh, self attack, you know, like that I was, um, not, you know, that I was worthless. And so I ended up, you know, trying to control my emotional state through food and which led me to having this long battle. And, you know, what I ended up discovering at the end of it is all that whole food addiction, everything had to do with me, not loving myself and that me, you know, trying to you know, control my outer environment because my internal environment was so out of control. And, you know, so that was, uh, it was one of the hardest battles, but it also was, you know, at the end of it, now I can look back and be like, oh my gosh, thank goodness that, you know, I spent the time, I did the work, you know, to, to really learn to love myself. And, you know, it was, was a process, you know, where forgiving, constantly forgiving myself because, you know, when you're, um, if you, you know, do any kind of overeating, compulsive eating or binge eating, you know, it's, there's so much shame and there's so much guilt that comes with that and disgust for yourself for in this, uh, where you feel weak and worthless and, and, you know, to have to, you know, constantly be like, okay, you know, I forgive you. It's okay. You, you know, I know you can do this. I know you're stronger than this, you know, that, okay, tomorrow's a new day. We got this tomorrow's a new day. And then you'd wake up the next day and maybe you failed again. And it was just that constant, get back on the horse, Bonnie, get back on the horse, Bonnie. And, you know, it was, it was a, you know, the reason why it was a five-year battle was because, you know, for three of it was, you know, that get back on the horse, Bonnie, get back on the horse, Bonnie. And, you know, that, that just keep going, just keep going. And now, you know, you flash forward and I have a great relationship with food. You know, I, you know, I could really balance back my, I rebuilt my metabolism. So I'm in this place where I'm healthy and it's just wonderful. Well, I just want to take one second here to compliment and honor the work you've done up to this point, because the struggles you've gone through and the hurdles that you scaled to be able to help other people with the story you had is admirable. So I definitely want to honor the work that you do and just leave that as an open space for other people to do the work themselves because there's no, there's no end to where you can find yourself. You can be helping other people. Maybe you have dreams of being a trainer or a coach or a wellness professional. Your story does not dictate your future. Amen.
The last part of the show, Bonnie, is seven for seven. This is a fun part where I ask you seven questions and you give me seven top of mind answers. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Your top three habits to cultivate emotional resilience. Mindfulness, meditation, and journaling. The best book you've read this year. Dr. Wayne Dyer, uh, Wishes Fulfilled. If there was just one thing you could change about the wellness industry as a whole, what would it be and why? I would say combining both that emotional and mental into the physical world as well. You know, I would say definitely get your mind right and you'll physically get right as well. So if I could change it is that every a recognize that a lot of diets will fail you and, and, and start implementing more healthy lifestyle choices and then incorporate that mental uh, and emotional practice with that. Love that. What is the one mindset we must have to shorten the pain and, or the learning curve in our relationship with food? See, my gut reaction is going to say who you are is good enough just as you are. Uh, So I think that when you love your body and you love yourself in the place that you're at, that'll allow you to begin to change that relationship with food. It's when we are constantly shaming or uh, criticizing where we're at, where we feel compelled to eat um, wrong or uh, foods that are not healthy or don't serve us. If you could go to Bali or Iceland, where would you go? Who would you take and why would you go there? I would definitely go to Bali. Um, my, I had a client that just went there and she just it was raving about it. And I would go there just because I hear that the people are extremely humble and grateful and just really these like really connective people. And I would definitely take my husband because he's my best friend. Well, he'll be glad to hear this episode. <laughs> I think so. When we talk about people that impact us in our life, Who has been a mentor or a key influencer for you, if you could say one or two, that have really, really moved the needle for your growth in your life? I'm glad you said two. Uh, the, The first one is definitely my dad. When I met him when I was 21 years old, he uh, took a, a risk on a very lost, um, a very lost and desperate soul, and you know he was that uh, that catalyst that put me on this journey and this path in the first place. And he had done all of his work by losing his children, so it allowed him the uh, the the space and that mental you know strength to really kind of embrace this really uh, lost child. And the other one, I would say definitely, uh, her name is Teresa. Uh, I call her Mama Bear. She has been this constant source of just inspiration to watch her and her family and just her on her spiritual path. And, uh, you know, she's just always someone that I can call on and she just not only will challenge me, but she will always uplift me and build me up. And she has just nothing but unconditional love for me. And it's just, it's, it is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, I could definitely feel the intense gratitude you have for both of those people What is your definition of wellness? What does wellness mean to you? Wellness to me definitely is a combination of mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical balancing, not balanced because there's no such thing as perfection. In our life, we have constantly different adversities and different things that will be thrown at us regardless on how emotional intelligent you become. You want to just always have that mindfulness of balancing those four pillars. And if you can really just have attention ebbing and flowing between those four and constantly be striving to enhance those four areas, everything in your life will follow. Now, wait a minute. Is that the first time you've answered what is your definition of wellness? That was way too good. 
No, no, oh, no, I'm sorry. That was definitely the first time, but no, that's something I think about. I don't know. Okay. It's weird. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that was, you absolutely knocked that out of the park. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Bonnie. As I said, the contribution you're making to personal development wellness is huge. And you also have a gift for the audience. Yeah. So we just launched a new product and uh, it's a 21 day emotional detox and it's 21 day emotional detox.com. And it's really 21 days to help you clear the emotional clutter, uh, to enhance your mindfulness. And, you know, in week number three, it's really about setting purpose and intent in your life. And, you know, it was so fun creating this and, you know, because you rock so much and because you're so awesome, Josh, we figured that, you know, we know then all your audiences as well. So our gift today is to give everyone access to that for free. Thank you so much. And the coupon code is capital Josh rocks. I'll make sure to link that in the show notes. You can learn more about Bonnie Kelly at bonniekelly.me. Bonnie, thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing your story, going deep with us, giving us tactics and strategies on how we can actually do this process of growing emotionally. You're so welcome, my friend. And thank you for having me. There goes Bonnie Kelly. Thanks for sticking around to the end of the show. I really appreciate you spending time with me here today. Your day is super busy and all the tools and knowledge you're getting here with the show means a lot to me and I hope it means a lot to you. At the end of every show, I always give away something cool, a treat, something fun. Today is no different. Bonnie mentioned that she is giving away her free course that's typically hundreds of dollars at 21daysemotionaldetox.com. Remember to use coupon code, all caps, Josh Rocks. Check out Bonnie's program and start uncovering what's going on in the subconscious mind. I'm actually going to be running through this course myself and writing a blog post about it in the near future. So check out that at wellnessforce.com slash emotional detox. All the show notes from today can be found at wellnessforce.com slash emotional detox. Next week, Dr. Alan Hill. I was literally bouncing on my toes listening to this guy speak. He has so much knowledge about brain health, cognition, nootropics. I know we've had Jesse Lawler on the show from Smart Drug Smarts, but next week, Dr. Alan Hill is going to uncover how these nootropics fundamentally shift our behavior, what strategies in cognitive science actually work to make people show up faster and more effective in their business and in their personal lives. So check out our show 41 coming up next Monday here on Wellness Force Radio. Now you get to go and have an amazing day with all the tools and inspiration you receive from Bonnie and every other guest that's been on the show. Until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.